You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Wow, it is so good to be back at Bayshore. I love you guys, and of course, love Pastor Danny and Karen, and just uh, I love the hospitality they always extend to us. They are, as he said, our just our best lifelong friends, and um, it's always a joy, always an honor to be with them. Uh, the Lord has blessed us with such a great relationship, our love and friendship throughout the years. We've shared some of a life's most special, most poignant, and most painful moments together. And uh, this uh, here in just a couple of weeks on December the 7th, uh, that's a very important day in my life, that uh, this December 7th, it'll be 51 years ago that uh, Danny led me into a little church over in Blades, Delaware. We had just finished playing Sandlot football. And uh, he had a lot to repent for, but so he took me with him into the church. And, <laughs> and um, he uh, uh, said, uh, why not, when are you going to accept the Lord? And when do you accept Jesus? And I said, well, I guess today. And we walked in there, just the two of us, and went down to an altar. And, and man, he led me to the Lord. And it's, uh, it's been an amazing, amazing life, amazing journey. I, um, I just could not thank him enough for everything, everything that's, uh, that he has been into my life. In honesty, I look at him like a father. Uh, but so I I do, I, I I love him and uh, I seek his counsel often and I honor him as a, as an example, as a man of God and as a pastor, I listen to his messages uh, often. And, um, uh, you know what? I just, every time I listen to his messages, I, I learn something. He's a great, great teacher, a great communicator. And, um, I like last week when he was teaching last week, did everybody hear last week? He was talking about, uh, how he was back in high school and his locker and, you know, and opening the lock and still got some questions about how many girlfriends knew that number, but uh, we'll talk about that later. But he was talking about that. I thought, man, I'm the, I learned that he's got an amazing memory. Anybody can remember that that far back in history. That's a, that was like back in the stone ages. You know? <laughs> so, and then that course, you know, it was really answered a question that's been on my heart for years when he said that riding around in his little Volkswagen with his hair and man, I wish you'd see some pictures. He had this big group hair and it was half the time it was an Afro and you know, and it was, man, it was, but he said he was riding along and his hair was just flowing out the window. Well, that explained to me what happened to his hair. So that, uh, I don't know, <laughs> that it just went, went right out the, um, the window. But seriously, seriously, my wife and I, Yvette, and I don't know if she's here or not. Um, she wasn't feeling great this morning, but we're, uh, we're, we just love Danny and Karen, and um, and I, you've probably do this, have done this before. But I, I just want you to join me this morning, please, with sincerely honoring uh, Pastor Danny. Would you all stand with me and just express your love and appreciation, to Pastor Danny and Karen, this morning? And... Amen. 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 All right. Did I do like that like you wanted it done? Was that right? Was that, okay. no, that's not right, is it? I shouldn't do that. 
But um, yeah, I am honored to get to speak here today, and I want to uh, tie into your series. You know, I heard Sandy announcing Christmas before Jesus, and my, my immediate thought was, man, I got to call him, straighten him out again. Christmas before Jesus. We know Christmas is all about Jesus, right? But uh, he mentioned he spoke last week there out of, uh, out of Genesis, and it was great. And so I'm going to tie into that, uh, uh, that today. But as we do that, would you join me as we just pray? We want the Holy Spirit to have his way today. And And I believe he's going to do that. God, we love you. We love you so, so very much. And God, each and every one of us would have to just stop and just say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for who you are, God, and for all of the great things that you do in our lives. And we welcome you today to just come and to have your way. We welcome you, Father, to come and, and to minister to us, God, Holy Spirit, to work in us, that you might work through us for your glory and for your honor, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. You know, I was here last year, exactly um, a, a year ago, on uh, November 16th last year, my mom passed away, and uh, I drove in, <clears throat> was driving in on the 16th from Philadelphia, and got to the house over in Seaford uh, just one hour after she had passed away, less than an hour after she had passed away. You know, and it was so good <coughs> for me during that time to come and to be here, to be in service with you. Um, Brother David uh, was from Pensacola here and just did a great job and to be, and to be able to be in service with you all. And, and it was just a, a special, a special time. But after I, as I was leaving to head home, to head back to Tyler, Texas, and I bring you greetings from Texas. Anybody ever been to Tyler, Texas? Anybody? Okay, one? All right, praise God. We got one person who can make it to heaven. That's right. Anybody else been to <laughs> Tyler, Texas? All right. But um, I, I was, so I was heading home, and somebody here, and I, I don't remember uh, um, who it was, they said, uh, as you go, man, you need to, when you head back up to the airport, you've got to stop at Helen's famous sausage house. How many people know about Helen's? Fa- Man, Pastor Danny has not been. Somebody needs to take Helen, Danny to Helen's famous sausage house. You know, so so I got up in the morning, drove up there, and, and stopped, and was just going to get a sausage, but I had to stand in line, so I got a sausage and a, and a scrapple sandwich. And um, I was driving along, and I'm eating the sausage, eating the scrapple sandwich, and all of a sudden, I felt the Lord begin to just say, "Hey, Sam, I want to talk to you." You ever had those moments when the Lord just says, I just want to talk to you? Because I'd been thanking him for his goodness, thanking him for the fact that mom had accepted the Lord several years earlier, that she, along with the rest of the family, was was now in heaven. And and the Lord began to say, he said, Sam, I want you to, um, this on December 7th last year, he said, it'll be your 50th year. I want you to offer this to me kind of as a, a year of jubilee. In the scripture, there was a time when God would say, I'm going to put things back into right alignment. Where there was debt, the debt was canceled and all kinds of things like this. He says, I want to bring some fresh alignment uh, to your life. Anybody here ever need to get your life kind of just back in order, get some alignment into your life, get to comes where some things and maybe you've drifted off course one way or the other. I said, okay, Lord, uh, what what does that mean? What do you want to do? He said, well, I know you've got several things planned. I had a trip to India planned in January and Romania in February and some other things. And he said, "I, I, I want you to just cancel everything. I don't want you to do any ministry like that uh, up uh, for the first half of the year. I thought, well, wow, Lord, that's, that's weird. That's strange. And, and I said, but okay, God, if that's what you want to do, that's, that's, that's fine. And so I canceled the trip and 
When I got back to Texas, I found out that we'd had a a situation take place where our school administrator had become sick, and then um, ultimately in January, he passed away, uh, and it was a a very tough time. But the board, the school board had said, hey, would you mind stepping in? And I thought, yeah, this would be a part-time gig, you know, something. And uh, and, um, I just said, Lord, the Lord said, no, I want you to do this. And all of a sudden, I found out that it became a full-time deal, plus the sum, you know. And, um, and the Lord said, I, so I, I started talking to the Lord as we wrapped up the school year, and I was like, God, I, you know what, this has been a tough year. It's been tough dealing with parents and students and not getting to fulfill some of these things that I wanted to do. And, 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 and God, I've, I've just felt like you've been stretching me. And God said, that's exactly what I've been doing, Sam. He said, the, the, the tough things that you felt, the things you're battling with, the disciplines that you've had to, to work, I said, what I've been doing is I've been stretching you, I've been increasing your capacity. He said, that's what I want to do. I want to increase your capacity. I want, you to, I want to do more in you so I can do more through you. And as God began to speak that to me uh, late in the summer, I, um, I shared this a couple times, and then I began to see, wait a minute, this isn't just something God wants for me, that this, I believe, is a word for the body of Christ in this season and day in which we live. God wants to, and I believe he's saying it's time for us to have our capacity increase, to enlarge us, to do more of his kingdom work for his glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, you know, in Genesis, Danny was in Genesis chapter three last week. Pastor Danny was in Genesis chapter three. And uh, I'm going to jump over here to Genesis chapter 12 today. In Genesis chapter 12, we're introduced to Abram, who becomes Abraham. And uh, I think it's interesting, Genesis chapter 12 is right after Genesis chapter 11. Funny how that works, right? But uh, in Genesis chapter 11, we find out the Tower of Babel's going on, and there's all types of confusion that's taking place, and there's this dispersion throughout the earth. And then we see God, in the midst of that, speak to Abram. And here's what he says. He says, now, I, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of the country, the country of Haran. His father had moved there. He says, get out of the country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families, everybody say families, right? All the families of the earth shall be blessed. See, in this verse, God is making a promise to Abraham, who at the time, now remember, he had no children, okay? He wasn't, uh, he, so he's got zero children, and yet God's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you this great nation. And God, and I can see Abraham going, wow, God, how are you, you going to do this? But it, um, it says that God is going to make him into this great nation. And as part of this promise that God makes to Abraham, to Abram, he tells him he's going to uh, touch all the families, all the people that will ever live on the face of the earth. This blessing to mankind points directly to Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ, every man, every woman, all families of the earth are blessed, including you and me here today. Amen? Amen? Amen. Am I talking to the right people? Yes, we are blessed, aren't we? 
So this blessing of salvation was uh, for all who would believe in Jesus. It was going to touch every tribe and every tongue of people on the face of the earth. And, and uh, Danny and I were talking yesterday, and you said, I said, you know what? I'm so thankful for salvation. I genuine, genuinely am thankful that he led me to the Lord because it's touched everything in my life. And I never want to get over getting saved. I always want to remember the change that God made in my life, and I'm, I'm sure you do too. Amen? Amen. You know, so I can imagine Abraham thinking that, that this is fabulous. God has come and he's made this great promise to me and he's told me he's going to bless my life. And he's probably thinking, wow, no more problems, no more struggles, no more worries, no more difficulties. I don't have to worry about the sheep. You know, I'm always going to have these lush meadows that are going to be out there. Skies are always going to be beautiful. I'm just going to be living on the easy street, right? I mean, God said he was going to be blessed. And, uh, how many people know Abram was wrong? <laughs> As a matter of fact, from that point forward in his life, he faced one challenge after another, one difficulty, one problem, one circumstance and situation. He experienced challenges from cultures around him as he moved into this new land, and there were people that didn't receive him warmly and openly, and, and challenges from, uh, there were challenges in his business, his flocks grew, and him and his, his um, cousin there had a problem, they had to separate Lot, you know, and he had to, they went their separate ways, and so there were business problems, there were family issues that went on. You know, as a matter of fact, the, the conflict, the war that we see in the Middle East, the attack that's going on with Israel, if you trace it back, this directly traces back to some of the family problems that went on in Abraham's family years and years ago, doesn't it? So, uh, so we see that that's what's happening. It, it really was. It was no easy journey. And, uh, and, and I think that what God was teaching him is what maybe some of us have learned. I, I'm, I'm still learning this, and, and it's a phrase that I, I use in my life, and it says this. It says that blessings... Blessing does not make life easier. Blessing makes life better, right? We think about that. Blessing does not make life easier. It makes life better. How about, it's up on the screen. How about saying this with me? Blessing does not make life easier. Blessing makes life better. And I, I really believe that. It doesn't make it easier. You see, what God was doing is he was stretching Abraham. He was stretching his faith. He was stretching his obedience. He was stretching who he was and what he would become and what he could do. God was increasing his capacity for Abraham's benefit, but also it benefited us as well. Don't you think that that's how God works maybe in our lives sometimes, that he, he puts us, anybody here ever been on the stretch? You ever had God kind of stretch you and man, you, you feel the tension and the pressure uh, in your life? Uh, is, has anybody ever experienced that? How many, how many people remember this? How many people remember when you, maybe you were single and uh, you might have prayed a prayer, something like this, you prayed, ladies were praying, Lord, if you would just bless me with a husband, Anybody ever, ever pray that? I don't know. There's the, what, anybody, any ladies ever pray that? Lord, no, they didn't pray. Maybe you should have prayed. No, I'm just, no, no, I'm just, no, I'm just right. So bless me, you know, with, or, or men. Now, men, listen, you try and do better here. I'm going to help you out, all right? I'm going to help you out here. Men, you prayed. You said, God, bless me with a beautiful, amazing, incredible, oh, just fantastic wife. And, and then God answered your prayer, right? Come on, guys, I'm helping you out. Yeah, say amen, a big amen right there, right? Woo, God heard my, God heard my prayer. He answered that, right? Now, getting a spouse 
makes life better, but how many people think it makes it life easier, right? <laughs> can't leave your socks where you want to leave them. You can't leave your, I mean, you can't, right? It's got, you got stuff you got to do now, right? Expectations. And then as a couple, then as a couple, right? We're, <laughs> it's great. Lord, you bless us so much. We've got such a wonderful marriage and everything's so wonderful. The only thing we pray is, Lord, bless us with children, Right? Bless us. Now, the Bible says, we all agree with the Bible. We're not going to argue with the Bible, right? The Bible says that children are a blessing directly from the hand of God. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, amen. Children are a blessing from the hand of God. We love our children, right? We're thankful for our children. We're even more thankful for our grandchildren. Come on, grandparents, where you at, right? We love our grandchildren. Amen, amen, right? And, and, but, but how many people think that children make life easier? Children don't make life easier. They're a blessing. They make life better, but they just don't make life easier, right? I, I mean, I walk through the, you know, we have our grandkids over all the time. I walk through the living room there, you know, and, and in the middle of the night or middle of the day sometime and, and barefoot and step on a Lego, and the first, I thank you, God, for blessing us with children. I mean, that just comes out. It just, it's the first, it just, right? Right, I mean, <laughs> right? So children don't make life, they, they, they don't make life uh, um, easier, but they sure make, uh, they sure make life better. And that's, that's this pattern that we see, a pattern where God blesses our lives. He gives us the opportunity to be faithful in a little, and then he blesses us with more. How about it one more time, right? Blessings make life better. Don't make life better. Uh, blessings make life better better, not easier. Amen? Amen. You know, the way I think about it is um, as God increases our capacity, there's a scripture in Matthew chapter 5 where it says that blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And the way my mind works, I thought, well, what happens after you're filled? Does it just sit there as a full glass? And and so I think it's like this. I think we start out maybe as a little um, a thimble or one of those other kind of small glasses. Uh, some people might call them a shot glass, right? But I don't uh, no, Nobody in here would call them that. But um, you pour, you know, so you got this full glass. And then all of a sudden the Lord says, hey, you've been faithful and little. So I'm going to take that small glass. I'm going to pour it into the big glass. And now it's not quite as full, right? Now there's room for more. There's room for more of the presence of God, more responsibility, more opportunities for ministry. So that's, that's what God does. He, he expands our capacity and he makes room for more. I think it's especially important for us to keep this in mind in the difficult times of life. Now, I don't know how it is here on the Eastern Shore, but in Texas, we have difficult times from time to time. Anybody here ever have a difficult time? Know somebody has a, you might not have a difficult time. You know somebody has a difficult time, right? Yeah, so so it, it happens. But we need to keep in mind that in those times, God's not trying to crush us. God's not trying to destroy us. His plan is to expand our capacity. So, so, so let me say it again. I believe that God is wanting in each and every one of our lives to expand and to increase the capacity <clears throat> of our lives. Excuse me. So, and especially in the times that we're living in today, right? I think, sec, I think uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 sums it up pretty well. It says this, it says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And now I believe we're living in the last days, Okay. And, and I think perilous, that word perilous is an interesting word. It, it means this. It means harsh or savage, 
It means uh, difficult and dangerous. How many people know we're living in a, at times, in a dangerous world? Uh, I was shocked to hear the statistics this week about carjackings that are taking place in Washington. You know, I, I love to drive through Washington, but it's a, it's a danger, some dangerous things that go on there. It, it, the word goes on, it means fierce, hard to deal with, and painful. I think that's a reality that's being experienced in so much of our world today that this word perilous really does sum up exactly what's taking place in the world. Yet in the midst of it, in God's sovereign, uh, incredible wisdom and omniscience, all-knowing, you know what God did? God said, in the midst of these difficulties, uh, and of all the times that I could have put you on the face of the earth, he says, I choose right now. You know what that tells me? That tells me that you're God's plan A. That you're God's plan A to make a difference and to, to exemplify the, the presence of Jesus Christ right here on planet Earth today. Why don't you turn to the person beside him, say, beside you and say, hey, you're God's plan A. Good. Yeah. Now turn to your second choice and, uh, and tell them you're also God's plan A. You're also God's plan A, right? Now, now, I'm not saying it's an easy thing. I'm not saying that it, there's never any struggles or problems, but it really is a great thing. It's a great thing in the light of, of what God wants to do in us and what he wants to do through us. So we've got to keep in mind, you are God's plan A. You're God's plan A to show his love to all people everywhere. You're God's plan A to shine the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to every man and to every woman, to every boy and girl that you meet and you're God's plan A. You're God's plan A to help the hurting, to set the captives free, to establish his all-powerful, amazing kingdom throughout the world. You're God's plan A. And let me say this in all sincerity. Man, Bayshore, you do a great job of it. I love the way that you're continually reaching out to people locally. You're reaching out to people globally. I love your end of the year as you're going to be ministering to children throughout the, the shore here, the way that you have your food pantry, the way that you, man, you just keep on reaching out and giving. And let me, let me say this, don't stop. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. You're, it's important. You're making a difference. You're making a difference globally. You're making a difference in, in, among people, place, in places and among people you'll never see or know until you get to heaven. But keep up the good work. Why don't you give yourselves a big hand for that this morning, all right? Man, I can hear somebody saying, though, Wait a minute, wait a minute. This, this expanding capacity stuff, it, <laughs> Pastor Sam, you don't understand. I'm already on the stretch. <laughs> My schedule's already packed. I, I, I'm already, uh, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to get through. And, and, and I realize that that's a reality in a lot of our lives. I, I think that each and every one of us in the day that we live in, they, we understand what it's like to feel, and I circle that word feel in my notes, to feel overwhelmed or, or to feel like we're under-equipped to face all of the challenges that are going on in our lives. And, and you know the challenges. There's economic challenges. Now, I, 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 you know, in Texas, we're facing this thing called inflation. Has anybody ever heard of inflation? Has anybody... Does that happen on the Eastern Shore? Is that up? Does that happen up here? Are you guys isolated in a bubble up here? No, we don't have any money problems. Everything's great. Money's up. Intent, right? You know, I mean, 
Now, we all face those economic challenges, right? That's, that's, and we want to put our trust and say, God is our provider. And we, we don't only face economic challenges, we, we face, and I put in here, I put political challenges. You guys may not face those, but I, I put it here in my notes. Don't say it from the pulpit. Okay. <laughs> Can I tell you, it, it really has been. Um, it's been embarrassing at times to be in different countries and people come up and say, please tell me what, what's going on and what's happening. And some of the decisions that are being made by your government and leaders, that's really not what's taking place in Christian America, is it? I said, God... That really, it's not what your plan is, what you want is. So let me say this, don't stop praying. Come on, church, don't stop praying for our government. Don't stop praying for our leaders. Can I tell you, God's able to turn the hearts of kings just like he directs the course of waters. Amen? Don't, don't, don't give up. I still believe God's got a plan for America. Amen? I, I still God believe that God can, can transform and change and increase us and use us for his glory. So, but we do. We have political challenges. We have social challenges, racial challenges. We have identity challenges, sexuality challenges. We have all kinds of family challenges. Anybody, do you all ever have any family challenges? Right? We, we have family challenges, and we have challenges in marriages and parents and, and children, and, and stuff goes on. But in the midst of all these challenges, I do not believe for one second that God has made a mistake by putting you and me here for such a time as this. Amen? Amen. Come on. How many believe that this morning? Amen? Yeah. So as I've been thinking about this, I was looking at a scripture in the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a prophet, okay, in the Old Testament, and uh, he may have been a good friend of yours, but Jeremiah was a prophet, and, okay, and uh, only the old people even had any idea what that was about right there. <laughs> Nobody else has any idea, okay, about Jeremiah being a friend of mine. But, um, okay, so <laughs> Jeremiah was a prophet, and God used him in great ways to help bring and point the heart of his people back to God. And then, but Jeremiah was having a bad day in chapter 12, and Jeremiah was kind of, it was like a Monday for pastors, you know, and he was, he was, uh, we call it praying, but he was grumbling, and he was complaining, and, and he was saying, God, these people, and what's going on, and God, I don't, <laughs> you know, and God's going, ho, ho, whoa, whoa, Jeremiah, listen, I, I got you, buddy, I hear you. He said, things are really tough, I, I know that, but he said, let me give you just, let me help you with a little different perspective, Jeremiah, and here's what God says to him in verse uh, chapter 12, verse 5 from the New Living Translation, he says this, he says, if you're racing against mere men, if racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you ever race against the horses? And if you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? Now, this makes me want to stop right here for a minute and give a testimony, okay? Because Pastor Danny and I, Went on a bike ride yesterday. We uh, rode, uh, what, 16-something miles. We rode from the, started at somewhere over near Georgetown and ended up at the Egg, which was a good ending place. And, uh, but we, we, we did go, and this year, for the first time, nobody fell, nobody ran into anything, and um, we're able to testify about it here today, so, <laughs> right? But he's saying to Jeremiah, hey, listen, Jeremiah, you need to understand, you need a different perspective, and that perspective is, that, uh, that things may be bad, but things can get worse. So he's trying to tell him, he's saying, listen, I'm not trying to destroy you, I'm, but I'm preparing you. We need to get this perspective. God's not trying to destroy us in difficult times. He's preparing us. God, God's trying to make us stronger. You've heard the saying, what doesn't kill us will make us stronger, right? 
God, God's working in us. He's, he's saying, this is the pre-seasons. Anybody remember pre-season games? And, and then he said, this is the two-a-days. Guys, remember two-a-days, right? This is, this is I'm, I'm making you stronger now so that when tough times come, you won't be surprised or overtaken um, by them. And in my mind, in my heart, I really do believe, guys, that we may, uh, we may have the honor and the privilege of facing some tougher times than we've ever, t- than we've ever uh, experienced. Now, I don't want to minimize what anybody's going through right here today. In a crowd of this size, I'm aware that there are some people that you've got some struggles and some difficulties that are going on in your body, that there's some relational issues, there's some financial challenges. You're dealing with all the things that life has to offer. You, you really are. You're, you're, you're facing those, and they're real to you. But can I also say this? That you have brothers, amazing, beautiful, wonderful brothers and sisters around the world that every single day they are facing life and death situations. So a couple of weeks ago, I was to be leading a group to go to Israel. And um, we were leaving on Tuesday, and uh, the war broke out on Saturday, and then Monday our trip got canceled. Well, uh, going, we were taking a, a bunch of supplies with us, and so some of those supplies were things that they really needed there. We found this lady that was going to go over in North Dallas, and so um, I was needing some information from our missionary over there, and so I, I call, and he doesn't answer, and I call, and he doesn't answer, and, and so I, I send a kind of terse text. I said, please call me, exclamation mark. You know, let's, come on, man, you know, get on, get with the program here. And I get this immediate response back that says, in a minute, we're in the bomb shelter. Come to find out, he and his family had been in the bomb shelter nine times that week. One of the times when they came out of the bomb shelter, his son goes out into their parking lot where their car is, and he finds part of a rocket laying in the parking lot that had been, uh, it had been exploded by the defense, by the Iron Dome. I could talk to you about Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a, a pastor from Rwanda, but he lives in now and he ministers in Uganda. Got a wonderful, great church and ministry outreaches that are going on and just fabulous, fabulous guy. He sends me a video a few weeks ago and says, oh, thank you for praying for us, Pastor Sam, because this happened. And he gives testimony of how that uh, his security team, when they come to church there, people have to check their backpacks and things like that. And his security team was checking a backpack and the people got nervous and ran off and left the backpack. And in the backpack, they left a thermos that had a bomb in it, a real live bomb. The terrorists were going to try and blow up this whole church. Uh, you know, difficult times. I could, a few weeks ago, uh, a couple, well, a month and a half ago now, <clears throat> Alvin Anderson, a missionary from Honduras, calls me and he says, uh, and normally Alvin's a pretty upbeat guy. He's a lot of fun and always positive. But I hear something different in his voice. I said, man, are you all right, brother? He said, man, I'm struggling today. I said, well, what's going on? And he begins to tell me the story of how that his ministry there, they have people that are in the prisons, the men's and women's prisons every day, Monday through Friday, 9 o'clock to 4 o'clock. They're in there ministering to the, to the gangs and to the people that are in the prisons. He said, just a couple weeks ago, I was in the ladies' prison, and I was speaking, and I was praying, and I was um, loving and ministering to the ladies that are there in the prison. And, and he said, I just got a call that there had been, a, there had been a, a riot that had taken place between the two gangs, and one gang killed 34 members of the other gang, the ladies, in this prison. You may have heard about it on the news. 
And he just said, man, he goes, I was praying for them. He goes, I, I, I was hugging some of the ones who died and some of the ones who did the killing. And he said, I, I just don't know if I can go on. I, I just don't know if I can take it. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to pour your soul out? And you know what he does? He, he kneels down and he says, God, God, I'm willing, I'm, I'm willing, God, to, to do whatever it is that you want. He says, God, I, I can't do it in my own strength. And I, and I think this is the key right here. We can't do it in our own strength. We, we can't keep being people who look to ourselves to be our own protectors or our own providers or, or the people who, God, I'll just suck it up and I'll work harder. No, I think it's time for us as people to say, God, we confess to you our weakness. I love how the scripture puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 here in the Amplified Version today. The Apostle Paul, okay, here's what he says. So I'm well pleased with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties. How many of us can say we're, we're well pleased when those things come into our lives? And then he goes on, he says, I'm well pleased with these difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. And this is what God wants us to do. He wants to draw on his strength. I, I believe that there are probably people here today with big dreams in your heart, big visions, uh, high callings. Uh, maybe people saying, I, I want to change the world for Jesus. Missionaries, all right? I'm praying. God, raise up missionaries that will want to go and change the nations. Some of you may have a, a, a passion in your heart. So I want to I build a, a business. I want to build a, a business that is so profitable that it can not only help with the roots, but it can build the whole tree, you know? <laughs> that it can finance the work of the kingdom of God around the world. There may be some people that say, I, wanna, I feel the Lord drawing me and just that, that I, I need to be more engaged in the political arena, the governmental arena of our world. And, and if that's you, I'm saying we need you. Come on. But you know, whatever it is, whatever your dream is, whatever your vision is, I, I want you to hear what God says in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we think or ask, or uh, he says, all that we uh, ask or think according, let me read this again. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or all that we think according to the power that works in us. Do you, you see that? God wants to do more. God wants to do more in you. And God wants to do more through you, more than you can imagine, more than you can dream. This reminds me, you know what? You're important. God says you're important. You're important for the work that he wants to do in this world. You're important for the work that he wants to do in your family. Moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, you're important. And to each and every one of you today, I say you're important to, to, the, to the vitally important work of the kingdom of God that God wants to do right here at Bayshore. Amen? Amen. You're, you're needed, right? Uh, there, there's, there's, no, there's room for everybody's gift, everybody's talent. Everybody to, to come on and say, I, I want to step in. I want to do a little more. I want to be more active. I want to use my gifts and my talents a little more for your kingdom, God. I want to do, I want to do more. So God's wanting, I believe, to make us bigger and God's wanting to make us better. 
God's wanting to stretch us and to increase us. And I know that's God's desire is to build better people. People who can truly make an influence everywhere they are for his kingdom. People who are full of his presence. People who are full of his power. Men and women who, who are, whose lives are filled with the love of God. People who are filled with his presence and a hunger for him. Say, so God, use me every day. You know what Abraham did? Abraham, he made a decision. God, if you said it, I'll do it. I'm, I'm going to go, God. I'm going I'm to trust you with my life, with my family, with my future. He made a decision. Say, God, I'm, I, I don't understand it, but I'm going to do it. And you know what? God fully honored that decision, and it resulted in the manifestation of Jesus Christ. Man, wouldn't we like that to be said about our lives? That we make a decision to say yes with our lives, and people see Jesus. People see Jesus. You know, that word um, decision is a very important word. I, um, I found out just recently, I was reading a book, and I found out it said that the Latin root of the word decision, some of you may know this, but the Latin root of the word decision means to cut off, okay? To cut off. You make a decision, you're cutting off. Now, uh, you've probably never experienced this. I think there's one place, uh, one problem, one eternal thing. Maybe the one problem God can't solve is we get in the car, husband and wives, maybe, you, you know, and you, and you say, where do you want to go to eat? <laughs> Anybody ever experienced this? I don't care. You make a decision. Okay, we're going for Italian. No, I don't want Italian, right? So, you ever, right? <laughs> what do you, well, what do you want today? Oh, you want, you want to go to wherever, you know, just, and, and then what do you want? You want to go, just make a decision, right? <laughs> and once you've made the decision, you've cut off all the other options, right? Okay. Amen. You decide, we're going to have pizza from grottos. That's that we, the decision's made. We don't have to worry. We can drive past all the other options because we've made a decision to make a decision means to cut it off to cut it off. For me personally, and, and honestly, I've been praying for you and praying for this time together. I pray that the Holy Spirit has already been talking to you and maybe speaking to you about areas of your life where, where God wants to increase your capacity. And when God puts pulls on that and says, God, we, we make a decision to say yes, and we cut off all the other options. For me, God's been speaking about this. He's been saying, Sam, I, I, I want to increase your capacity when it comes to self-discipline. Self-discipline. Nobody else probably needs that. For me, I stand in front of the pantry doors, you know, at night. It's like, all right, I need to make a decision here. There's something has got to come off this shelf, you know, and usually it's potato chips. Occasionally, somehow or another, ice cream jumps out of the freezer and it just stands, you know, to make a decision to say no to some of those things, right? For me, one of the things the Lord's just saying, I need you to increase uh, some self-discipline, some self-control in uh, realigning my prayer, uh, how I pray and things that I pray over. And I believe God speaks those type of things to us uh, for America, for the American church. Can I say this? For the American church, and, and this is why we need the global church so much. This is why we need to learn from our brothers and sisters around the world, because they're facing things now that we may face and deal with in the future. But I think one of the things that God wants to expand in the American church is the spirit of perseverance. Perseverance, the, the ability to say, no matter how difficult, no matter how, how, you know, what the struggle is, I'm going to press on and I'm going to be and do what God wants me to be and do. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I mean, I really believe this. Uh, 
I um, went into our church a few months ago, and they just finished a children's event. And, and when I walked in, I said, how's everybody doing? Man, I, oh, man, we're so burned out. We're so, so burned out. And I felt the Lord just, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not burned out. You're tired and you're weary. There's a difference between being tired, weary, than being burned out. You know what? Tired and weary, man, you might need to take a nap. You might, how many people believe God, oh, godly ordained naps, hallelujah, right? Sometimes the best thing the Lord can do is give you a good nap, right? So you can get some rest for your body. You can, but you know what? Burn, we don't have to be people who burn out. People who are filled with God's spirit and the oil of the presence of God that will keep his flame burning in us. We can have perseverance to be and do what God wants us to do as his church in America. Amen. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. I believe, though, that there are some of us that maybe we need um, just two final things as I wrap up here. One is, um, I think we need an, an increased capacity for compassion. An increased capacity for compassion. You guys do a great job with it. Again, I'm so thankful for how you do it and you model it. But you know what? Sometimes the, the people that weary us, the people that, that tire us out, we just need greater compassion. You know what compassion does? Compassion changes our perspective. When Jesus looked out at the crowds, remember Jesus and the multitude, the 4,000, the 5,000, all that. And the Bible says time and time again, Jesus had compassion on them. The disciples saw them as problems. Jesus had compassion on them. And then Jesus says, hey, look, they're not a problem. They're an opportunity. Wouldn't you like God to do the same thing in and through you that he does with the, did with the disciples? That problem became an opportunity. You know, the truth is Jesus never fed four or 5,000 people. The disciples fed the four and 5,000 people. Jesus put the miracle in their hands, and out of the compassion he shared with them, they went and fed. They were part of the miracle. Compassion helps us be part of the miracle. Amen? You want to be part of the miracle? Man, I want to be part of the miracle. And the second thing, and I really feel this is just a bit redundant, is just I believe that God's saying it's time for an increased capacity of generosity. Now, when a pastor or preacher stands up and talks about generosity, people immediately think he's talking about money. And, and money's part of it, but that's not really what I'm talking about. Because I've found out a lot of times in life, you know what, it's easier to give our money than it is to give ourselves. It's easier to pay for somebody else to go and to do it and provide something for somebody else to do. And what I want to say is, why don't you just ask the Lord, God, is there anything you want to increase in my heart where I personally need to be generous? Do I need to be more generous with my gifts, my time? Okay, because if we're generous with ourselves, the Bible lays out the principle in Corinthians. It says this, it says that the people first gave themselves to the Lord and then they gave their substance, then they gave their resources, their so God, do you want to do that kind of a work of increase in my life? I believe that it's all about God expanding our capacity. You see, what we've been and what we've done has got us to where we're at, but it's not going to get us across the goal line. Amen? Now, I know Ravens fans wouldn't know a lot about this, but uh, <clears throat> I'm kidding, right? They're doing great. But man, it's some, it just takes a little extra to get it across the goal line. I think that's what God's saying. He's saying, I want to increase the capacity. I want to increase your capacity. I want, I want, to, I want you to, to say, Holy Spirit, will you just come and, and will you make more room in me to work in me and throw and through me, show Jesus to the world just like Abraham did. Amen? How many people think that's a word for us today? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, go ahead and give him a hand for that this morning. <clears throat> Would you stand up with me this morning, please? And let's pray. Let's pray.
Man, thank you so much for the honor of being here. Danny, Pastor Danny, thank you so much. What an honor. You guys are amazing. It's such a blessing to be here. I do love you guys. And let me tell you this. Um, I'll give Danny something. I haven't given it to him yet. But um, you're being prayed for by people around the world. There, there's, a, there's a church in Vijaywada, India, that has your name on their intercessory prayer board. And they're praying for Bayshore. They're praying for you, Pastor Danny. They're praying for this church. Man, amen. And so I just, man, I just, we do love you guys, but let's do this today. Let's just lift our hands and let's just say to the Lord, here I am, God. Holy Spirit, I really do. I submit myself to you. And today I make a decision to let you have your way in my life. I make a decision today that says, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it in my own ability. So I call upon you today. Come and fill me. Come on, say, Holy Spirit, just fill me. God, increase my capacity, my capacity to love you, my capacity to live in your presence, to God, my capacity to receive of your word, my capacity, God, increase me. Increase your work in me and increase your work through me that I can show Jesus to the world. For it's in his name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, folks, God bless you. Thank you so much for the privilege of being here. What an honor. Don't forget this morning, if you need prayer, there's going to be prayer and communion. that will be right over here to the left side of the sanctuary. And uh, if you need prayer, there'll be people to pray with you. Uh, if I don't, uh, I just wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas and be sure and get back here next week and bring somebody with you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.